Hi, welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share firsthand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Kevin, and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of our conversation with Simple Tech co-founder, Jose Horta. So here's part two of our conversation with Jose. Take it away, Gene. Jose, welcome back to the show. In our previous episode, we touched on some of the cases where automation triggered a completely different experience for the users using insurance claims processing as an example and looked at some promising developments outside of that category that might bring about broader adoption. But we looked at it primarily from the customer's point of view. Now I would love us to get deeper into the business side of it. The typical and not so typical problems that you end up solving for them. So when you start strategizing with your clients on how to tackle related issues, anything that really surprised you on the way to automation? You know, we talk about AI and all these magic technologies that we can, all the things that we, the promises of the technology. And then you go to the, to the companies themselves and how they handle their processes and the amount of things they do manually or the lack of systems or systems integrations and things like this. And for example, you look at UiPath, that is like the, unicorn of process automation and RPA and so on. And one of the value they provide is to integrate to legacy systems, to click instead of the user. So it's recognizing that companies are kind of behind mostly in, in terms of internal processes and solutions. And in terms of technology, in terms of what the technology can, can provide. And then you end up like, doing technology and you have to kind of adapt to the lack of systems of or the lack of integration within systems so i think that's a major point that we that we see when we face uh, some companies that most of them are not prepared for automation so they don't have the maybe the systems or they are not integrated or they have to build it for you kind of ah build a web service in order to for you can so you can access to some, to this information and these kind of things. Or even we have to kind of, ah, you don't have no place where to put that information. Okay, we put it in like a, a Google, Google spreadsheet and the chat will do take it from there, you know, these kind of things. So sometimes you don't expect expect companies to be in that in that situation. But if you look at it from another point of view, there is a huge opportunity. I think anybody good can think on their daily jobs, how many things they do manually or repeatedly, or that you could, some, some bot could be doing this for me, you know? Don't, don't ask that question, please. I'm <laughs> sure, you know? So I think that it's a plenty of opportunity there. And in this case, in this specific use case of insurance claim and so on, there is a manual entry of every information that the people from the call center would receive and they have manual entry of, yeah, plane number, where it happened, whatever, uh, plenty of information like this, the person that's going there, the technician would fill a form or in this case, they didn't have a form, but the, like a web interface where the user with the tablet would input the information. But anyway, it's people inputting information. So it's the client 
transferring information to some operator, this operator putting this information manually in a system or in a place where then other people would take it and put it on a system. So the process has plenty of spots for adding value with some integration, some simple integrations at first. And at first, what we do is start simple. I think you are hitting on a really huge issue. We talked about user friction. And I remember um, listening to BMW people who are heading their digitization initiative. I mean, and think about, and, and when we say BMW, their digital initiatives, you know, people think about fancy cars and you go and walk into the car and beautiful dashboard. But the thing is, think about it car industries and their problem was you know they had to connect their user experience and and as part of the digital transformation they try to build this uh, relationships with with the customers and, and help them along the entire journey and stuff but guess what they don't deal with the customers car buyers directly you have yeah. channels, car dealers, and they don't have any of this. And so their digital initiative is hugely composed of going to the dealerships, the channel people, partners, and try to get them on board somehow connecting necessary components to connect this journey. As a company, especially the larger it gets, sometimes it gets hairier. So tell me a little bit about now that, because I, I was totally, when you're talking about insurance case, I'm like, oh my God, I mean, I've been there. I mean, there's, especially the property insurance company, it's really old fashioned, especially in the US. I mean, car and those things uh, have gotten better. But when you, you know, you know, your house, your, you know, tree comes or the, there's a storm and the whole property insurance uh, mechanism works very slow. Still, mm -hmm. you know, they have to send you the right, you know, inspector out who is trained looking at these damages and then you have to wait for them and, and it, when there's where's a special situation it takes days and I have to schedule the appointment to be at home to meet them it, it's just nightmare so I, I want to hear a little bit more about how you tackle the manual process that involved in insurance handling one of the thing is when you have to focus on the user experience to make the user experience nice and flow and there is kind of a trade-off with this pre-established processes so you have to go through some kind of trade-off usually when you speak to the company or for example in this case the insurance analyst would say i need this information and this information and this information from the user i would ask this 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 and the order how they would ask the, the things also it's important so the first version, let's say, of the flow, it usually asks a lot of information for the user. It starts ask, asking like personal information, plenty of personal information, and, and the user wants to do something, and you're asking it to do other thing, you know, like to go to, in a different way. So we had to go through, let's say, a, a redesigning, rethinking, like trying to put the user experience also as a primary like value of the solution in order for them to adapt their process. So it, there, there is some sort of process adaption or some, some, some sacrifice they need to do at some point. Let's say, I won't gather all these details. What I have to do then is to use some software maybe to, for example, there is like, because they want to gather a lot of information in order to avoid fraud, for example. 
But now you can connect all the information you gather automatically with fraud detection systems. So you don't have to send the special technician that knows a lot about this, but you just gather the information automatically. You go with all this information, go through a system that would alert you in case of there is some probability of, of fraud. And then a technician would enter, analyze this. And if there is any doubt, call the people. Sending a specific technician to try to detect fraud, maybe it's not the best strategy. So I think that's one of the things that this trade-off between current processes and new solutions that, in, that are more focused on the user experience. And, they, and, they, and the other thing is that the experience while chatting is not the same experience as calling by phone, for example. These kind of things, the way of communicating through different channels may make the experience different. Um, you may not be able to ask all those questions you want to ask. You may be able only to ask a couple of questions and all the otherwise the people would maybe abandon the, the process in the middle, you know, these kind of things. So you kind of have, have to adapt some way your processes. For example, another example in insurance, for example, being able to offer the insurance to get a quote through WhatsApp. Usually in the website, you go select a solution on the website, you go select the model of the car and the version of the car, and you have hundreds of versions of the car. And you cannot make the user through chat to manage to write the version of the car. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, so you have to modify the experience to adapt it to the user and to the channel where the user is, is, is talking to you. I mean, you have to be omnichannel. You, you, you have to offer the solutions, whatever the channel the customer is selecting. You have to be able to offer a quote. But the way of offering a quote may be very different. And this, this, this has plenty of challenges because uh, you have to offer the same experience or a similar experience through different channels that are completely different. You cannot ask the same questions. And then, so you have to adapt uh, your processes and you have to adapt, adapting processes in a company or making trade-off with the insurance analyst is not always easy because we are trying to transform a process with people that may be, may be very complex, which is a, a main challenge. But what's nice that at the end of the process, when they see the value that provides the technology, not only for the users, but for themselves, you know, they don't have to load the information manually or they maybe parts of the process, they, it's easier, or you can get some information that before you couldn't get in simultaneous at the same point in the same time, you know, the, when they see the value they, the technology may provide, they join your team kind of, you know, the, it, and that, that's, that's a pleasure that, let's say, makes all the pain worth it, <laughs> all the pain of going through, trying to convince them to, Let's yeah. accept this technology and maybe offer a different pricing because, as you say, the user won't select the exact version of the car. So you have to select a pricing that is, I don't know, the average pricing of the car minus of the versions minus X percent because they are you are trying to promote this channel and this thing, this kind of things. So they have to change pricing or change the way they do things. But when they see the results, they're pretty happy with the results. So at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think it's worthy, and also yeah, I think it's a very important thing. On when we talk about these kind of solutions, we usually think about the end customer, 
And you mentioned kind of this on in on the digital transformation of of, of car manufacturers and so on. But usually we don't think on the experience of the people that's working behind curtains. I kind of or we usually try like not only user experience but enterprise experience. So. What's the while you are building the user experience? What the experience of the people that is working with the, on on the other side with the, with the processes? So, and also these possibilities, these platforms that we, that we are building are, are also very useful for for the other side for the enterprise experience. So for the insurance analysts, so they can query the insurance, uh, which are the insurance. I mean, they they can also there can also be a, an improved interface for them. I think that's really undertold the story about this whole automation and how we are using technology because, you know, we hear, you know, mostly about, you know, minimizing the employees, you know, number of employees and things in that nature. But it's it's more of a, it's it's working in the same way, in a way that, you know, the end users, the things that they hate doing that, you know, technology try to give them the opportunity to do without and on on the other side, the you know staff that has to deliver that experience that we we try to minimize the whole repetitive things that they don't necessarily enjoy doing. Getting a little bit into the technical thing happening in the in the back end a little bit because you talked about. You know, you cannot treat everybody as a, you know, frosters and then try to go through the tedious process of uh, getting the bad actor out when, you know, 85% of your customers are just well-meaning, innocent victims who just want to get things done mm -hmm. and you have to change this, but you cannot risk too much. So there is the whole fraud prevention component that is kicking in and, and working or something like this. It sounds beautiful, but in practice, sometimes it can require a lot of integration. It may fail. What do you see actually happening in terms of a deliverable, in terms of a, some of a lot of a data and, and systems working together to get this adoption faster i think you cannot be good at everything you know so uh, there is a huge work to be done in terms of integrating other solutions for example fraud detection i mean we're that's not our expertise but this uh, company we're working for group san cristobal group of san cristobal they already have a provider for fraud detection that apparently works pretty well so great i have to communicate with this other provider they would send me an API. Our system allows you to connect. I mean, they don't even need us. I mean, they can go add another integration, filling the information of the API. What's the API returning? This, this, this web service is returning some information and I use that information. Like let's say fraud probability is this percent. And if fraud probability is above this amount, then I'll send them to an agent, for example. Uh, so they, they can coordinate for the visit of the technician, whatever. So I think it's very important to first know, to know that if you enter this process of automating and so on, you have to be able to easily integrate with other parties. That's another thing that changed also in the industry. I'm, I come from the industry of telco, telecommunications, that used to everything you need you had to call them and there would be some price and you have to add a new phone number and they have to call you. Having this information be clear and giving you autonomy 
So I, I don't need like hundreds of, you know, technicians to be doing a work that does not have provide any any added value. So I think this is one of the uh, a biggest a bigger change that, that that kind of happened in the industry of telcos of telecommunications. And giving this autonomy and providing only things that provide extra value really and not not having this, you know, vendor lock-in and these kind of things. Having lock-in but for the service you provide, for the value you provide, not for because if you need some integration, you have to call me, you know, and uh, you, uh, these kind of things. So this is kind of a main change that we have seen and the integrations are key. So in our case, we're in that process of like, like building this, making these integrations easier, both for us and for our customers, which is not easy because there are plenty of use cases, plenty of possibilities. So uh, giving freedom and control and at the same time, being sure that things run smoothly is not an easy task. Oh, it's not an easy task. So, I mean, as a you know technologist in the field, and you start seeing the changes that is happening, and you you feel like you you're seeing potential of of uh, scaling up a lot of these use cases. Can you tell me a little bit about being out there, what, what you are hoping for things to happen uh, immediate future so that you can really scale up if you have a wish for what needs to happen in order for you to do that? What would that be? I don't know. I, I You know, I, I've been doing my PhD. I started like working with interoperability in IoT, you know? So I think interoperability is kind of like the major wish but it's something that is very very hard to to achieve in any industry so you have the standard process that goes a long way it's kind of slow it's not for the industry where we're living in so you have companies creating ecosystems like for example if you want to connect to my iot you go to alexa world or you go to uh, Apple world or you go to Google world, you know? I think, and this is what works at the end. At the end, what you, what works is like big companies, for example, as WhatsApp, being able to create these ecosystems of integration. Maybe that's something that may be lacking at some point is like, okay, you have this API, but helping companies working with with the, for example, with, with WhatsApp API, to being able to interact with themselves, I mean, with the, with each other in a different way. I mean, like federating this capability. If you are in my ecosystem, you can easily integrate if you do the APIs like this, or if you do that. I know I I don't know really exactly which would be the right way to go, but I. What I saw in IoT is kind of this kind of thing, this this federation of these big big actors, and you had some other kind of movements where there were plenty of actors that didn't have the power to create an ecosystem, trying to get together to create an ecosystem. The more successful way to go at the end of the day is to go to ask these big actors to wait for these big actors to create kind of these ecosystems that would ease the integration among different actors. 
what I would expect in the future to accelerate integration with other parties is be having this sort of ecosystem with some policies to follow and connectors and adapters or things like this, like creating a sort of common language that everybody would talk this language and would everybody would understand with each other. I can see the your way of thinking and and I really appreciate you sharing this because that, that that I can see how that informs the choices that you are making. But before I let you go, I just have a one more and and this is kind of nosy question. Would you mind just telling me what three things you do the most on your phone? Yeah, the first thing you may think I'm workaholic or so, but uh... I work a lot on my phone because I use a chatbot platform to chatbots in different social networks and things like this. So I keep a lot of time like interacting with the clients, use cases, making demos, like showing things. So one of the things I do most is working with the phone. Like, uh, for example, we use WhatsApp all the time for work inside the company, for example, or Teams or things like this. So that's would be, I mean, one of the most things I do. Then I don't have that much social networks myself for, I, I mean, I don't keep that much time in social networks, but the other thing I do pretty often is like uh, watching videos or uh, listening to music like YouTube and Spotify. I use a little bit Twitter, I mean, to, to catch up, to, to be, to know what's going on, you know, but I don't like my time to be locked in a social network. Thank you very much, Jose. With that, I'm looking forward to uh, another time having another discussion on this. It would be a pleasure. Thanks again to Jose Horta for joining us today. You can find out more about Jose at simpletech.ui. To find out more about Gene and Tintech, visit tintech.com. Make sure to subscribe to Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Tintech, thanks for listening.